God has given me the privilege of bringing up seven children. And so, and it is a miracle. I didn't know whether or not God was going to let me see all of my children uh, get to the age of 18, but I am so thankful to God, my seven children with my wife, uh, I'm thankful to God that after all of my daughters have cooked birthday and Father's Day dinner for me down through the years. My baby daughter who is now 18 and she will be 19 on my birthday. We've always celebrated our birthday together. My son, Daniel Ezekiel, was born on my birthday exactly, uh, which is just an extra blessing. And uh, they're all grown now. All seven children are grown. Uh, my daughter, Danny, the oldest, uh, with many of the qualities that God has given to me. She's a great leader. And, uh, uh, and now she's leading, helping me lead her siblings on into uh, the next stage in their life. Because, quite frankly, uh, she and her sister, uh, because their mother did not rise to the occasion, and, and their mother's here with me tonight, doing some service in the church, they stepped up from the time they were 12 years old. They stepped up and made sure, helped me make sure that the children were fed and taken care of and did their schoolwork and uh, they had to do uh, 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 many other things that they should not have had to do uh, but uh, they didn't have to clean because my wife I made sure she did that they should have I mean if, if my wife was a good woman a good wife and good mother growing up and raising her children properly with as many girls as God has blessed us with she should have never had to wash a dish. But anyway, now my oldest daughter, Danny, is, uh, God has blessed her with uh, a beautiful house and money and a Mercedes, and she's barely 31 years old. And uh, she didn't leave the house until she was about 27. Stayed with me that many years. And in, in a few short years, uh, God has blessed her tremendously because she was obedient while I was raising her. She was faithful while I was raising her and her sister Danita as well. And God has blessed them tremendously. So much so, they can help their sibling get on into uh, their career and all of that. They know how to do it because they did it. And she's doing this, she told me, because she wants me to rest. 
and uh, and I appreciate that because there are things that young people have to deal with today that uh, without the help of a good wife doing that kind of thing uh, uh, is a wonderful blessing to have a daughter who can get it done get it done efficiently and quickly and so uh, with that said uh, thank you by the grace of God I'm going to do very quickly three things if I can sometimes you know how old people get but my baby daughter has fixed me a great meal she's labored all afternoon and so I'm looking forward to a fantastic uh, Father's Day meal uh, I've already had a little bit but uh, I'm looking for the full meal after this looking forward to it as I have done for years all of my children have given me the best uh, Father's Day known to mankind and God has blessed me with many precious memories and I'm, go I'm going to get into three things here uh, in rapid succession so let's begin with prayer Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for this marvelous day magnificent day thank you for this marvelous week and uh, the miracle of this past week and the miracle last night I shall never forget it you've done this kind of thing for us thousands of times over the years and I give you the glory the praise and the honor and Lord I praise you and I thank you for your love your grace and your mercy and thank you Lord for not only being what the songwriter said a good good father but a great great father indeed you have been that to me that is my testimony I could say no less and Lord I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son the Lord Jesus Christ your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word hallowed be your name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven and uh, Holy Father God I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual family and life financial and material protection and provision mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years Holy Father God, for those of us who are truly born again and saved, help us uh, not to worry about anybody else right now, but to sing what the old saints used to sing, is me, is me, is me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And Lord, we individually confess our sins, our failures, and our faults unto you. For Jesus Christ's sake, Lord, this evening, please forgive us of our sins our failures and our faults as we from our hearts by your grace forgive those who have sinned against us 
Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, tonight for the salvation of those who are not saved in our family, including my wife, Marika White, and others, and outside of our family, and, and in other ministries and churches across the country and around the globe. And Lord, uh, none of our sweet evangelical Christian friends should be embarrassed by this anymore in light of what has taken place over the past three to four years. We all need to tell the truth and shame the devil and not uh, play these lying, quiet games until everything blows up. Lord, uh, uh, you know that it is a divine miracle that my wife and I are still married after 34 years. Neither one of us have been divorced or remarried, and you blessed us to raise seven wonderful children who are not now perfect. They used to be perfect in, our, in my mind, but they're not perfect now. And, uh, but Lord, they have been raised by your grace, well by me. And I thank you for that joy, that uh, privilege, and that blessing. Uh, Lord, and the ability to raise them only by your grace, by your power, and by your might. I, the only uh, good I got from my parents and from my in-laws is to how not to do it. And uh, that is not a bad thing. That's a good thing for you give us parents to learn from them positively and negatively. But uh, I thank you for saving my wretched soul, December the 19th, 1979, and so I had read your holy word. By the time I got married and I knew what I was supposed to do as a husband and as a father. And I thank you, Lord, that our family was better than both the family I was raised in and the family my wife was raised in. And Lord, as you know, I intentionally kept uh, my children away from both sides of the family so that they would not be uh, influenced or infected with the evil of our past. And some of the folks are mad at me about that. That's okay. Uh, my children are grown now. If they want to get in touch with them, they can. But I have warned my children to be careful and uh, not to allow uh, a bitter angry, demonic spirit uh, well up in them. Uh, for evil communications corrupt good manners. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for uh, this Father's Day. It is a special Father's Day. Maybe my last with all of my children being grown now and I face what they call the empty nest syndrome. Uh, I do know, as I will share a little bit later, that if you as a parent raise your children to the best of your ability and you leave it all on the field for your glory, praise and honor for their good, the empty nest syndrome is really not a syndrome. It's just an empty nest full of precious memories. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor. That's all I have is precious memories. 
and I'm so happy that I raised them the way I did by your grace uh, so that they can be strong spiritually which is most important the other stuff will come my daughter Danny's life verse is life's verse is uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added unto you help her to remember that tonight and uh, uh, because that's what has happened to her. She sought you all of these years. She helped her father from the time she was almost born until she left in the ministry. And even after she left. And now you've blessed her uh, with the wonderful things of the world which I told her. She's not a prophet. She does not have to live like a prophet anymore. And the same thing goes for all of my children, and I pray that all of them would be blessed in a similar fashion as I face the emptiness. For my wife, it's going to be a bitter pill, and I pray for still her salvation and your grace to help her get through this time uh, without causing a problem, having a problem, or being a problem going forward. And Holy Father God, I thank you for all of the letters that my children, when they had pure innocent hearts, they wrote from their hearts. I read some today, my heart was so blessed. And uh, I want to hold my oldest daughter, Danny, my oldest son Daniel and my oldest daughter Danita especially uh, to their promises that they would take care of me in my old age when they wrote those promises when they were little children oh what a time we had serving you and Lord uh, uh, the reason why one of the reasons why I believe you've given me so many precious memories is because you led me to raise my children serving you. They served with me in the ministry every day of their lives. Everywhere we lived was a ministry station. All my children know is serving you. So when they get to other places, it's, it's a piece of cake. And so, Lord, I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that. And, Lord, we pray tonight... For we do, we do not ever want to drop our God even in good times, especially in a celebration day like today. For it just so happens that Juneteenth falls on this day as well, and that is a significant day. Not only for black people who were delivered from slavery, but for white people too who were delivered from being slave masters. Both have been set free. And so white folks and black folks can celebrate this holiday. Only people who don't know you want to have something just for themselves and don't want to include good-hearted folks who may be of a different race. We cannot, as Christians, do to them what they did to us and what some still do to us today. It's all right. And so, Lord, I give you the glory, praise, and honor for this day. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful and prayerful. 
help us to pray without ceasing. Everyone here and everyone out there to pray for your power to come down and to move upon the hearts of those who are lost. Save their souls and change their lives. Thank you, Lord, so much for especially the hard work of Daniqua, Daniel Ezekiel, and Danielle all week long in preparation for this day and even today. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, from us and from this place, from the people who have that problem and from this place. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell in the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, out of my wife, Marika White, and out of others in our family and beyond here in families and churches everywhere. For Lord, you have shown me that everybody who is a prophet, a preacher, a pastor who means business, a Christian who means business, has a Judas and has an enemy. That's just uh, the nature of the beast. And so, Lord, I do pray that you will have all of us who are striving to serve you. Give us sweet victory tonight over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, cast out these demon spirits, these Judas spirits, Jezebel spirits, Sanballat spirits, Tobias spirits, people who are constantly trying to hinder us, thinking only of themselves, mad about nothing, deceived by others, bringing up uh, foolishness that does not amount to a hill of beans. Uh, Lord David had a Judas. Lord Jesus, you had a Judas. God, you had a Judas. His name was Lucifer. These are the one who can, ones who can hurt the most, hurt you the most, uh, as you know better than we do. So Lord, protect us from them and remove all hindrances and roadblocks in the family, in the church, in the world. Pave the way for us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us to proclaim your holy gospel, to preach your holy word, to do your will. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me to see another great Father's Day. Thank you for the privilege and the ability to be a father. Uh, receive all glory, praise, and honor to your name, for we're not even worthy to give it to you. Lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving around the world. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen.
I'm sweating a little bit more right off the bat because I exercise today very aggressively. My children and wife exercise with me. And on then I took a hot shower. So excuse all of the uh, wiping away of sweat. And of course it's still hot. Let me just say this to you and talk about this briefly since it is uh, I don't think this is going to happen again in a long time. Uh, Juneteenth falling on Father's Day and, uh, and do not get it twisted. They're both important holidays uh, but uh, Father's Day comes first today. President Lincoln, General Granger, let me put it this way, Jesus Christ, Lincoln, Granger, and Juneteenth. John 8, 31 and 32 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. A very powerful passage, by the way. Uh, a very powerful passage, by the way, to these pastors who believe uh, once you get saved, you can continue in sin when, when the Bible tells you uh, the opposite of that. Verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on January the 1st, 1863, almost a hundred years before I was born, freeing the enslaved people all across the South, in Texas, and all of the Southern secessionist states of the Confederacy. Enforcement of the proclamation relied upon the advance of Union troops, which meant that many black people remained enslaved for some time, especially in Texas. And, and I have said down through the years, I thank God for allowing me to be in the promised land of Texas. I've always loved Texas ever since I was a little boy and read one of the few books I read in my life as a youngster, Pecos Bill. Some of you know about Pecos Bill. If you have not read it, you need to read it to your children. The big sky state of Texas, I just fell in love with it. Then, of course, I became a fan of the Dallas Cowboys back in 1968, I believe, and I've been a cowboy man ever since. I always had to think about my cousin Ira, who was a Redskins, and we just, we were not on the same page. Let me put it that way. 
he love hell to the chiefs, hell to the chief or whatever, hell to the Redskins or whatever it is they had. And I was a Dallas star man. I loved Texas. And I didn't plan on moving to Texas. God led me to move to Texas. And I've had my best years of ministry in the state of Texas. Best years of my life have been in Texas. So I love Texas, but I, I, I've said this in the past and I'll say it now. I, 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 to me, to me it, it, it seems as though some black folk born and raised in Texas have a chip on their shoulder. They do. They have a chip on their shoulder. And I, I often wonder why. And I say, could it be psychologically that they were the last to find out they were free? That's what I have thought. I may, I might be onto something. I don't know. But they, they're a different cut. Texas Negroes are a different kind of Negroes from the East Coast Negroes. That's all. I, I, they're different. They're, they're just different. They have a different mentality. They have a different mentality. That's all. I don't roll too well, too, too well with them. You know, I love them, and I uh, got a few Texas friends, and but they, they're transplants. <laughs> they're, from, they're from the East Coast themselves. We understand one another. But we love the freedom in the big sky of Texas. We do. We love it. And, and, and most of us are introverted people, and so we Texas, you know, they'll help you if you need help, but they're not going to say too much. And I like that. I like that. I, yeah, I live in a neighborhood. I, we don't have to wave at each other and say good morning to each other and buy some sugar and some eggs and all. We don't do that. No way I have lived in Texas has it been that way. And I like it because I'm an introverted person. I don't want you asking me for any sugar. I don't want you over my house when I'm not there. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to see you in the morning and have to wave to you in the morning. Nope. Mm-mm. You know, I still love you. Something you need some help, I'll help you. you and, and I know that if I need some help, they'll help me. Very helpful. People in Texas are very helpful. They're more helpful when they see you leaving. Though I mean, that's 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 just the way it is. Anyway, Texas as the most remote state of the former uh, Confederacy had seen an expansion of slavery and had a low presence of Union troops as the American Civil War ended. Thus, enforcement of the Emancipation Proclamation there had been slow and inconsistent. And may I say, I'm impressed still with government, the power of government, the authority of government, and how that uh, God has given them that authority is the strangest thing. Very interesting to me, and it's a real power if people use it right. It may be slow, but it's show. Anyway, Juneteenth, a shortening of June 19th commemorates the day in 1965. I'm sorry, 1865. 1865. I'm jumping the gun. 1865. 
พอนี้ I got people trying to call me while I'm preaching. I'm doing something. 1865, nearly a hundred years before I was born. That's not a long time, people. When a Union Army general, you sure he's not a colonel? You sure he's not a colonel? Okay. All right. A Union, check it for me, make sure. A Union Army general, Gordon Granger. Informed the enslaved population of Galveston, Texas, one of the first cities that we stayed in when we first moved to Texas uh, over 20 years ago now, I think. One of the last places to be pacified, pardon me, after the Civil War, that they were free. Can you imagine being slaves two more years? When you were actually free by proclamation, no wonder some Texas folk are mad. They they got a chip on them. They're mad. They're mad. So they're mad at the blacks that come from other places. They got a chip on their shoulder, and they don't. They look at you scant, like they don't trust you. <laughs> Why didn't y'all come and get us? Or something? Why didn't you come and tell us? I don't know what's on their minds, but they, they they're strange. Strange. It's a strange situation. They act like they're angry about something. I, that's, you know, that's a long, I mean, over a hundred years ago, man. Give me a break. You, you don't believe, you move to a, a, a small Texas town and there's only a pocket full of black folks. Man, they, they look, they're strange. They, act, they got act like they're angry at you, mad at you. Anyway, this involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. He told them, reading from General Order Number 3, Formerly enslaved people in Galveston rejoiced after the announcement. One year later, on June 19, 1866, freedmen in Texas organized the first of what became annual commemorations of Juneteenth, then called Jubilee Day. You know, they got that from the Bible, uh, the religious crowd. So this is rooted in, in Scripture. It's okay. Similar to how Lincoln freed the slaves in the United States, Jesus Christ freed all of humanity when he came and said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Jesus Christ came and gave the true knowledge. That he is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. Yes, he is the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, believe in me, and you will be free forever. Even if you are in jail, you're free. 
Even if you are a slave, you're free. For you are free indeed. Jesus freed humanity from slavery to sin. When he died and was buried and resurrected, similar to how many slaves did not know they were legally free until General Granger arrived to inform them that you are free. There are many people who do not know that Jesus Christ has done the work to free them from the power, the pain, and the punishment of sin in this life and in the life to come. And one of the reasons why is because we don't have that many general rangers anymore. May God help us. God help us. Lord, you know I'm looking at you because I really mean this. For we as Christians who are saved and set free from the slavery to sin, the bondage to sin, we have enjoyed you and enjoyed your peace and your joy, but we have not obeyed you, for we have sinned against you by disobeying your great commission and your great commandment. We don't even love the people to witness to them. We don't even love you enough to go and do what you told us. No general grangers are coming to free all slaves, red, yellow, black, and white, they're all, we're all precious in God's sight. The Grangers, there are no Grangers. The Grangers that we do have have failed God, have failed Jesus, have failed the slaves to sin. Yes, we have. You might as well admit it. Shame the devil. You're not going further with God if you don't deal with it. Stop lying. The old saints used to say, I can't keep it to myself. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't be still. I can't be quiet. What happened? Jesus Christ gave us a, 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 a great commandment. Love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And love your neighbor as yourself. So we don't love God because we're not obeying God. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He left us basically two to obey and we have not obeyed them, but we've done everything else. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Where are the Grangers? Where are the spiritual Grangers? You talk about a hero. Granger was a hero. He made it all the way to Texas on horseback. And, 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 and said, I am here to declare. I'm not here to negotiate. <laughs> like someone said that Jesus is not here to... Uh, uh, just show up. He's here to take over. I'm telling you what the deal is. All of these black folk in these cotton fields, they're free white man, and I'm a white man myself, and a white man sent me. What? Huh? <laughs> That's God for you. And, and, and so let me, let me help you black Texans now. 
let the white folks celebrate Juneteenth as well. Those who want to celebrate, let them celebrate it with you. Because they were set free too. I guarantee you there was a white folks that what took you so long? I'm sick and tired of being a slave master, man. Why? Where, where have you been? General? You should have been here two years ago. Jesus came and set us all free. And some people still don't know they're free. Because they don't have a Granger. A General Granger. All Jesus sent us like Abraham Lincoln sent General Granger, you know, Abraham Lincoln, you know, it doesn't matter me how you get there, you can get there on a cart, you can get there on a stagecoach, you get there on, you can walk, <laughs> but I want you to get this message to the people that all of the black slaves are free. Let my people go. Uh-huh. All that is left for them to do is accept the gift of salvation which is offered to them by Jesus Christ himself, the King of kings and Lord of lords. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ. And so if you are here with us today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for your soul's salvation from the power of sin and from the punishment of sin in that awful place called hell. First, accept the fact, dear friend, that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes you. We have become slaves to sin. That includes the Pope. That includes the Dalai Lama. That includes even Joel Osteen. Pastor of the largest church in America. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. We die because of sin. That's how bad sin is. Don't get it twisted. Don't get caught up in everything else in the world. You need to understand this, and you need to get this, and you need to get saved from this. Because God wants you to know that it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment, you don't think you're going to die, but you're going to die, my friend, if you live long enough. It is a curse. It is a punishment. There's nothing wonderful and dandy and sweet about death. Death is not a part of life, my dear friend, as the philosophers say. It is the end of life here on this beautiful ball called earth, hanging on nothing but God. You see, I thought it was hanging on gravity. Well, God created gravity. Okay, so. And if 
God will allow you to die and go through that punishment of death because of sin, God will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Third, accept the fact, therefore, then, that you are on the road to hell as I speak. If you have never truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've never had a Granger to come tell you about Jesus Christ as I did December the 19th, 1979, which totally changed my life around, I'm your Granger today. I'm your General Granger. I'm here to tell you that you're free. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43, through 48, when he preached on hell, he preached on hell more than anybody in the Bible. He preached on hell more than he did about heaven, because hell is no joke. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, if thy foot offend thee, rather cut it off. It is better for thee to enter a halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee or causeth you to sin, against God and against yourself, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Also the Bible states in Revelation 21.8, but the fearful, here are the people who are going to hell, here are some of them. You may see yourself in this bunch. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now that is bad news. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ said the most important words in the history of the world to mankind when he said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. I'm your General Granger. Jesus Christ sent me to tell you that you are free if you believe in him. You'll be free from the power and the pain of sin. You will have the ability to choose not to sin, whereas you don't now. You will be free from the awful flames of hell that will burn you and torment you forever and ever, the Bible says. So take advantage of this opportunity and get free by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. For once you trust Christ as Savior, who is the truth, you will be free indeed. 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shalt be saved. We're not talking about joining a church. We're not talking about working in the church. We're not talking about getting baptized, speaking in an unknown tongue, running around the church, giving money to the church. You can do all of that and still die and go to hell. You don't have to sit in front of the church when the preacher says the doors of the church open. The doors of the church open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I got saved in, a, in an Air Force, in an Air Force dorm room. December the 19th, 1979. You can get saved right where you are. In your dorm room. In your easy chair. On your bed. Walking down the street while you're walking the door. You can stop and pause and get saved right now. God made it very easy and very simple for us. Why would he make it hard for such ignorant and wicked people as we are? We would always mess it up. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says it this way, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. This is important to me because I heard the word saved growing up from the time I was born until I left home. But I never knew it was talking about being saved from hell. I did not know I was on my way to hell. It was only by the grace and mercy of God he saved me from hell. Because if there was anybody who deserved to go to hell, it was me. Seriously, man. I should be in hell with Junior, my neighbor. I hope he made it, but I doubt it. And so get saved today, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Follow me in prayer, believing in your heart in none other than Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, to set you free indeed. Believe in him, pray and ask him to save you, and he will save you. Follow me in prayer, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have lied before. I have stolen things before. I have lusted in my heart after people and things before. I have disobeyed and dishonored my parents before. I have dishonored you by taking your holy name in vain. Lord, that's only five of the Ten Commandments that I have broken. You know I have broken more. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins my failures and my faults. As I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who has taken away the sin of the world, 
who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for all of my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. And fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of all of my sins and help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in your life. If you're sincere, your life will never be the same. And that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today. Please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop.